Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara and I am Dot's daughter and every week we sit down together and we talk through scripture and truths and we are currently going through the book of James and in this episode we talk through James too and let me tell you, James does not sugarcoat anything but we talk through how works is not the evidence of our salvation but is the fruit of our faith. So we would love for you to grab a chair and listen in and we are so glad that you're here. Hey everybody. Grab your Bible, your pencil, a journal, a cup of coffee, and pull up a chair and sit with me and Kara. But first, I would like for you to write this down. James 2, verses 18 through 19. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Hey, Kara. Hey, Mom. I am so excited. James, I'm telling you, this letter of James is just in your face. And I am very, very excited about what we're going to talk about today. So if you're listening to us, I would love for you to pull up and chair and enjoy the conversation because this is going to be a good conversation. Well, I'm excited. I, I mean, in full disclosure for the people listening, I don't usually know what we're going to talk about. Like I just will know generally like, okay, we're going to talk about James too. So I am real excited and curious to see what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Actually, I don't even really know what I'm going to talk about today because I never know what you are going to say. And I love the fact that, you know what, it's just sitting here and talking with you and I'm thinking about the people that are sitting with us and how much I just really enjoy thinking that they're in on our conversation and that we are talking about the scripture. That, you know, makes me very happy. And uh, today, James 2, I hope you've been reading James 2. And I started reading James 2 and I started thinking about So many of the things that James talks about, it's kind of like just right in your face. Yeah. And I started to think about, you know how you often say, well, actually, all of my kids say, well, if you don't want to know the truth, don't ask, don't ask mom. Yeah, I literally was just thinking that. Like, this is why you love James so much. You two are just, let's cut straight to the chase. No sugar coating. Let's just... uh, Let's talk about it. Yep. (laughs) Say it like it is. That's right. And you know, that is exactly what I was thinking about this morning when I was reading James and thinking about James just immediately starting off going, you got some problems? I hate it for you. Just consider it joy because you have no idea what God's going to do through you and in through those problems. So it's not that he's being callous. It's not that he doesn't care because he's talking to the Jewish Christians. And they are going through some very serious issues. But it's like James is like starting off immediately with the issues, difficult issues. And sometimes it's hard. Yeah, I don't read James like a callous. callous. I do think you can tell, at least I can. I feel like I can hear. He does care. And it's not coming from a harshness. It's just it's almost like he's not wasting any time. Like, let's just get down to it. And you know what? As a matter of fact, now that you say that, there may not have been a lot of time. When uh, James was writing this letter, he was talking to some Christians that uh, were being persecuted. And 
you know, unlike me, I'm very wordy. And I think that James is just trying to say, hey, if you're going through some hard times, you know, you're just going to have to just look past those hard times and you're going to have to deal with what you're dealing with, with the perspective that, you know, God knows what you're going through and that God is going to work all these things out. And then today he kind of talks about stop putting yourself in this position that you're judging other people. He actually starts talking about not showing any partiality to these people that are coming in, that there may be someone's all dressed up really nice, and there's someone then that's dressed up that may be poor. And he's addressing to the fact that there it is a sin to really look at people in a different way based on their outward appearance. And he gets in their face and he says, you know what, God is the, uh, the God of both of those people, those kind of people that uh, may come in and they may be all dressed up and you may think they're really important. But in reality, God doesn't really look at that. He really has chosen the people. I mean, he could go over there and look at Peter and and say, hey, look at Peter. You know, he's fisherman. And look at these people that God has chosen to be their disciples. They weren't the who's who you know, mm, as far as the yeah. religious world's talking about. So he does talk about that. He starts immediately about don't judge people based on their what their appearance is. But in reality, again, good old James, he's really addressing their heart. The issue really is how they see the people. What do you mean? And, well, because he was saying, you are showing partiality. As a matter of fact, you probably are thinking that if someone's coming in and they're all dressed up and that they have money, that they can do something for you. And he also says, by the way, the rich ones, they oppress you. They drag you into court. And so as you're sitting there thinking that these people are so great because they've entered into your presence and they're part of your world, you need to be very careful because it's right the opposite of what what we think. I started thinking about this. Like when people are around us and we feel like they're important and we feel like they have money, there's a certain feel that often we get like, hmm. Like, oh, you, you can do something for me, kind of. Right. It means to an end. I was thinking about myself in the fact that when I was growing up, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of things. And I kind of had a heart for the underdog a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I guess an underdog loves an underdog. <laughs> and I remember thinking when someone didn't like me or I felt like they weren't very popular, I would try to be their friend. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have friends in the popular group. But there was something about these people that weren't the popular group. They they sat along they were by themselves. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to be their friend. Mm-hmm. And as godly as that might seem, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> because it was my motivation. Yeah, I felt good about myself. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like the basic principle of seeing people for people, not seeing people for what they can do for you or what you can mm-hmm. get out of them or, you know, or whatever, How, maybe they make you feel better, like you, like you said, but it's seeing them as God sees them. I had to think about that. 
Because it's so easy to judge those people that are always trying to get wealthy people, people that are real popular on their team, whether it's on the church board or ministry board or your friendships, uh, people that you surround yourself that you feel like can introduce you to other people that can help you with whatever God you know, has called you to do. And that's a bad motivation. But I think it's another bad motivation to do these things for other people that need us, that need clothing, that need to be taken care of, that needs to our help, that we could do it in such a way that it's making us feel good about ourselves. Well, is that is that wrong that we would feel good about it? Yes, if that's your motivation. Because what James is addressing is faith. And so what he's saying is, you show me your faith by your words, and I will show you my faith by my actions. And what he's saying is, I do it because I trust God. I do it because I am doing this for God and not to make myself feel better. Now, you're right in the fact that it will help us to know that we're being obedient to God, and that does make us feel good. There is an emotion of feeling like I have helped someone. You get excited about that. But if you are motivated, and the only reason you're doing it is to make yourself feel good about it, that's another whole bugger. Yeah, it's a selfish motivation. It's all about you and not about truly helping that person or seeing that person or, you know, providing for that person or whatever it may be. Absolutely. And so when James is talking to these uh, Jewish Christians, he really does address works, what we do. And Mm -hmm. he said, you say you have faith. Well, I'm going to show you my faith based on my works. James is not discrediting what Paul said, that you have been saved by faith, that it's Mm -hmm. not your works. But what he is saying is, that when you have faith, it will be an action. When you have faith and you have true, genuine faith, there has to be some fruit. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what you know we see today, that there's so many people talking about having faith in God and trusting God, but they're scared to trust God to step out and do what God's called them to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and sometimes, I mean, I would say it's not that even like you couldn't leverage your financial position or your platform or your relationship. It's not that you can't, that's not the case. You know, like if you were a celebrity, it wouldn't be wrong for me to be like, hey, you know. I'm going to use my platform yeah. to do so. Absolutely. But as, if I was only in a relationship with you, to get that from you. That's that motivation that is skewed. But let's bring it down. What we want to say is to motivate us to do what we feel like God's wanting us to do to help other people. It has to be because I am trusting God to do it. That I know that God has saying to me, here's a person that I want you to help. This is a person, they're an orphan or they're widows. I want you to go in and I want you to help these people. And it's all about really trusting God and asking God what you need, what he wants you to do. 
a, a, a celebrity or someone that has, you know, like, you know, several celebrities that have, their lives have turned around. They began to be believers and they want to use their platform for good. They want to use it for God. And it's trusting God by faith that he's saying to you, use this platform. So it's mm-hmm. just an, it's just an, a motivation of, I want to be obedient to God. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to just help someone that's right and that's good. But what I think James is digging deeper about, I think James is saying, hey, what's your motivation? Mm-hmm. And it needs to be that you're trusting God, that God has called me to do this. You know, God doesn't call us to be everything to everybody. Right. But he does call us to step out on faith and trust him. And I think that as we look at chapter two, some of the things that we have to ask ourselves is, what's God asking us to do? Yeah. One of the verses in James two is one that I have referenced and gone back to often, which is James two nineteen, when it says, you believe that God is one, you do well, but even the demons believe and shudder. And especially when I was doing ministry. <laughs> I have a mm-hmm. little bit of you in me where I would just say it like it is, but it's like, you know, just believing. I mean, that's good, but it only gets you so far because I mean, even the demons believe that he's Lord, you know, that's, mm-hmm. we see that yeah. all throughout scripture. And so it's like, okay, well, what, what's the difference? Like what makes you different than, you know, a exactly. demon who believes again, I'll have you in me where I'm like, that's not the greatest question to ask <laughs> or maybe the sweetest, but I do think, I mean, it's something, and not that we need, not like in a fearful way, but just like, okay, like, let's, let's look at that. Let's look at what makes the demons different than the angels in terms of they all believe that God is Lord. They all believe that Jesus is the savior, you know. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because in reality, when Jesus was walking on the earth, it was the demons that first knew that he was the son of the most high. Mm-hmm. They called out like, to oh, him. Yeah, I know who you are. You're Jesus. Yeah, you're the son of you're Jesus, son of the Most High, and that was before the disciples and everybody else knew it. So, mm-hmm. based on just the life of Jesus, if you walk uh, with him through the Gospels, you'll see often that Jesus was in control of the demons. He would cast them out. He'd tell them to shut up, and they were very fearful of him. And that is true. I think what James is doing is he's trying to shock these people. Right. Just like you're saying, hey, you think you believe? What does that mean? I believe. And that's exactly what James is saying. You think you believe? You say you're a believer? You say that you're a follower of Jesus? What's that mean? The difference is the demons were not following Jesus. Right. They weren't living that out in faith, in, yeah, their belief. And in their heart. I mean, going back to motivation, it's like their heart was not toward him. They did not love him. No, they knew who he was in their head. They knew his works. They knew his power. They knew his strength. But what they didn't trust in was he was the son of the most high God, that he was God, even though they knew it. They were trusting and they were following after their father, as Jesus would say, Satan. And so there's a difference in Uh, faith in the object of our faith. We can have faith in a lot of stuff. A lot of people have faith in their own ability. A lot of people have faith in who they know 
And a lot of people have faith in their status and in their looks and their gifts. And what James is bringing it down to reality is, what's your faith in? And if your faith is in Jesus and you are really trusting Him, then why aren't you doing something about it? Basically, Mm -hmm. is what he's saying. And I, I think for me... Karen, why do you think about this? And as you're listening, you know, I want to ask you this too. I want you to, I want you with me think about this. And I want to challenge you because I'm challenging myself. Should we write this down? I think you should write this down. (laughs) Actually, that is very good, Kara. Write this down. What would you do if you really trusted God to do it in and through you? What would you do if you really trusted God to do it in and through you? So often we don't do things and we don't step out on faith and we don't trust God for the impossible because we're afraid we'll fail or we're afraid of what other people think or we don't trust God to do it in and through us. Yeah, there was a few months ago, it may have even been a year ago, I remember I was driving from Atlanta to Nashville, and I honestly don't even remember the details surrounding the week, but I remember going into a week, and there was a lot going on. There was a lot on my heart, and I remember just, I mean, it wasn't audible, but as clear as it could have been audible of God just saying, how would you face this week, or how would you go into this week if you truly believed everything that you know about me to be true. Like in other words, mm-hmm. if you you mm-hmm. believe that I'm good, how would you face this week if you truly believed that with, you know, your mind, heart, and soul? You, mm-hmm. you know, you believe or you know that I am sovereign or you know that I am, you know, God of miracles and the impossible. You know that I am faithful. You know, all of those things that I know in my head. It's like, if you truly believe that, how would you face this week or how would you face this situation? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's like those moments where like nothing changed necessarily <laughs> in terms of, mm-hmm. I didn't even really have like an answer, but it was just a perspective shift. It wasn't like, oh, mm-hmm. I would do this, this, and this. And sometimes that is the case. It's like, oh, well, I would go after that job or I would do this thing or I would reach out to that person or I don't know, whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. But for me in that moment, it just was a simple perspective shift of like, okay, how am I going to just face this thing? Mm-hmm. Or how would how I, am face I gonna this? face today? How am I going to face the circumstances that I see surrounding me? The situation that I feel like God has placed me in, how am I going to face that? Mm-hmm. And I think what you said is great. Well, I mean, it's just what you asked the question. It's the same. It's just worded differently. Mm-hmm. It's that same question that you just asked that we wrote down. <laughs> but yeah. but I think even with like world events today, you know, like there's so much heartbreak and trouble. Stuff. And I mean, from natural disasters to political disasters, <laughs> I mean, not to yeah. make it political, but just in terms of the uproar going on in Afghanistan and, you know, all mm-hmm. of that. And it applies to even that. It's like, okay, if if I, I know God cares, so if I believe that He cares, how would I look at what's going on in the world? I know in my head that He is sovereign and He's in control. So how would I, you know, view, you know, these things? I don't, you know, deal with anxiety, but I'm like, oh my gosh, what if there's another terror attack or, you mm-hmm. know, like you just, mm-hmm. all these things. And I saw someone on Instagram addressing that question and she just was like, I mean, yeah, that's, we don't know what's going to happen, but I do believe that God's sovereign. 
and that he's in control and he, you know, he cares for his people. And if we really believe that, how would we live? And, you know, I think that James was saying something and he addressed something that I think is irritating to me, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) You know how when you talk with someone and you share your heart with them that you're struggling with something and they say, well, I'm just going to pray for you. Uh-huh. And it's not that you are looking to people to meet every need because they can't. They can't meet any of your needs. But, you know, James has said when people are lacking in something and they are in need and you say to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things that they need. And so often we think, well, if we can just give them some clothing, if we can give them some food, which is so good. And sometimes we have to do those things, meet those physical needs before we can meet the spiritual needs. But I do believe that what James is talking about is not only meeting the physical needs of someone, but also meeting their spiritual needs. And I think that we need to to sit back right now and know that right now our world isn't what we wish it would be, but the world's never going to be what we wish Mm -hmm. it to be because we're not in heaven. Mm -hmm. We're outside the garden. And so we're going to have to deal with these things. But when we look at the people that are going through hard, difficult times, and I'm seeing it left and right, and I'm hearing stories that, you know, Kara, for this Enneagram number seven, it just, (laughs) it is killing me because I'm like, I want everybody to be happy. But, as I, you know, really dealing with some of these painful things and crying with people, I do want to do whatever I can do physically for them. But I cannot dismiss that I'm not God and I have to give them the things that God's given me. And I think that that means truth, it means love. It means forgiveness. It means grace. It it means a lot of things that God has given me. And because he's given me all these things, and God has brought someone in my world and in my path that's going through a really hard time, maybe I'm to give to them love. Mm -hmm. I'm to give them grace. I'm to forgive them. Yeah, and I do think, too, you know, giving them prayer, it's like, I think, um, you know, it's that honor, that gift that we have to be able to go before the Father and on behalf of someone else. It's just actually doing it. Do it if you Absolutely. say it. <laughs> if you're going to say you're going to pray Absolutely. for someone, you better. Oh, don't even go there with me. <laughs> Nothing is more irritating than for me to think that someone has just flippantly said, I pray for you. And I try not to do the same. No, and I and you don't do that, but it is. I mean, there are friends. I mean, I literally got a text this morning from a friend saying, "You've been on my been on my mind. And I've been praying for you, and I know that she that she has been praying for me." So even though, you know, there's not much she necessarily gave me in that text, but it meant so much because I knew that she had been praying for me. Versus if it was someone else, and not like you're judging whether or not someone's been mm-hmm. praying for you. That's not what I'm saying. It's just there are those people that you. No, when they say that, it's they mean it. Exactly. And I think that James is definitely not saying, don't say I'm praying for you, and as if that's nothing, because obviously 
James knew the power of prayer and going before you know the Father. But what I think that James is saying is don't just say that to look good. Don't just say that to make it appear that you're so religious, because that goes along with chapter 2. But also be sensitive to what can you do. Mm -hmm. If God has allowed this person to be in your life, then what is it that God wants you to do? Trust God to reveal to you what you can do for them. Mm -hmm. And it all goes back. It's not about you. It's not about what you can do or you cannot do. But it's what are you trusting in? And I think that the key to chapter 2 is the heart and what you're trusting in and who you're trusting in. I am not trusting in my own abilities. I'm not trusting in my own physical needs that what I can give someone. Somebody said, well, I don't have anything. How can I give somebody anything? It's not even about that. But it's about the heart and saying, God, what is it that you want me to give them? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's like you said, like loving them. That could be just that could be just mm-hmm. texting them, you know? Exactly. And so, you know, today as we finish up on uh, chapter two, I just think it's time for us to just be real. Just like James, let James get in your face and think, God, what would I trust you with? What would I do? Faith here is an action. Mm-hmm. What he's saying, if you really trust God, then the evidence of your faith will be displayed in the things that you do. And he uses Abraham as an example. Abraham believed in God, and it was good. It was counted him as righteousness. But it was because Abraham left his home. It's because Abraham trusted God with Isaac. And it starts with just him leaving home. God didn't ask Abraham to show him that he had faith and he trusted him with Isaac at the very beginning. But it's a process. And I think today we can just think about the process. To sit back and say, God, what do you want me to do? And what would I do if I really believed that you would do it in and through me? I'd get my eyes off myself Mm -hmm. and I put my focus on you. Yeah. And I think there's, it's, you know, grace abounds. So it's not this legalistic do, 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 obviously, but it's that posture of just being willing and open of like, okay, God, you know, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Maybe today we just say, today I can just try not to think about myself all day and ask God to let me be sensitive to the hurting people around me. That's a start. And that is what James would say. That's what I'm talking about. That is faith. Faith that produces godly works. Something to think about. Yeah. It's something to apply. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.